my list is pretty short, although I, I, I actually thought my list would be shorter than this because I just feel like I didn't read that much this year at all. Um, this is the first year uh, that uh, I I didn't solely read theology books because <laughs> that's just been my my thing. I did read some theology, but I really I got back. I really hadn't read a novel since college, basically. Um, and that was I, I graduated, gosh, 10 years ago. So it's uh, I've just been been cramming, you know, just not much fiction. Uh, but this year I I did I I've been on a obviously a Tolkien kick, um, so I read uh, I read the Silmarillion again in 2022. Uh, that's that's basically becoming like an annual reread for me. Uh, this this will be 2023 will be the third year in a row that I've read the the Silmarillion at least once. Um, so I, I think I I just love that book. It's it's become very important to me as a as a Tolkien fan. It's um, become precious to you it is precious to me <laughs> i i choked my own cousin to death for my copy of it <laughs> uh any if if any of my cousins are listening you know they're they're gonna laugh but i have never tried to choke my cousin any cousin watch out watch out <laughs> why take it as a warning i i will say every cousin of mine that i hung out with over uh over thanksgiving and christmas did survive so um <laughs> this this year they were safe um uh on the theological front i uh i did i listened to simply trinity by matthew barrett uh on audible my goodness uh definitely the most important non holy spirit inspired book that i read this year uh loved it to pieces i'm i'm gonna be buying i don't have a paper copy i only have the the audible version i will be buying a paper copy uh even just for resource material uh i've been up oh, there it is great cover too really beautiful cover design um uh i i've just been blabbing to people at church about it constantly um, and so uh, I, I really, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that book. Um, I read a thriller. Again, this was another Audible book. Um, the Terminal List. Um, the guy uh, who wrote it, Jack Carr, um, used to be a frogman. And his character, um, his main character, uh, is in the is in the teams. Um, had a horrific incident, and uh, it, it was it was very uh, very engrossing. Uh, of course, uh, Amazon. Uh, started a series based on the book, which kind of inspired me. And, and I will say their adaptation of the book on Amazon, because the first season is the first book in the series. Uh, their adaptation of this book was much better than whatever it was. Rings of power was. So uh, I, I will heartily recommend the show. Obviously there's, there's lots of graphic violence. So in some language, so take, take what you will, but um, uh Maddie, you mentioned earlier about the uh, the Andy Circus audiobook. Uh those are amazing. Uh, if anybody's an Audible member so or, or you just have some extra cash laying around, you need to buy those. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh it's so different than the uh um the the Rob Inglis one that came before. Like it's it's performed, it's it's acted. Uh he's not as good of a singer as uh, Rob Inglis is, but I hope that's his name. I know it's English. I can't remember. I think it's Rob. I think it's um, Rob. And so I wish I could have a, a master cut of it that has English singing, 
but then Andy Serkis's characterization. Uh, he mm-hmm. really he really makes the books come alive. Uh, it's one of the best produced audiobooks uh, that I've listened to. Um, very well done. Very well done. Uh, again, another audible book uh, in the Tolkien line was uh, I listened to Children of Hurin, um, mm-hmm. read by Christopher Lee. A must have. He's like the perfect voice for such a dark story as Children mm-hmm. of Hurin. It is so good. Again, another one totally worth the money. Uh, I plan to like use these recommendations to like Tolkien enable people who have never read him before. Just like download fellowship in, in the circus (laughs) version. Um, And then once, once that hooks you, you know, man, that, that children of who are in, I technically only have, I have three hours left. So by the time this, this uh, show releases, uh, I will be done with it, but um, it was very good. Uh, I, I read Fellowship and The Two Towers this year um, in well, listen to it on Audible uh, with the Andy Circus version. Um, again, another it was so much Audible this year, you guys. I do a lot of this while I'm mowing my grass because <laughs> my grass takes like three hours to mow. And so I will just power through books. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of grass up here in Ohio. Um so I, I found out actually... too. I found out too that you can return Audible books and get yeah. your credit back within the first year. Yep. Yeah, I don't you, recommend you doing that to the ones you mentioned. <laughs> but if but if you end up getting a book that you're like, eh, you can get yeah. your credit and back. Yep. You can get a lot of book, audio books for if you have if your local library has Hoopla mm-hmm. or something like it. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the Circus. Um... The Hobbit we were able to listen to on Hoopla. Yeah, I think, but I think we had to buy. Some of the are. Um, at least at the time, they didn't have the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy at all on okay. Hoopla yeah. at the time. I don't know if that's changed, but yeah, I'm sure it changes just for G-Wiz. pretty often. But they have I've some been, good stuff. I've been a Libby user. That's that's been my kind of the um, same. My app, it's the same kind of thing. I have a library card actually through the the Digital Library of Ohio. And so I can get access to a lot of stuff and it's not dependent on my, on my little, uh, little local library. So, um, I, uh, I, I have taken actually a lot of the, the, uh, audible books that I've bought, I've bought them because I listened to them first on, on, uh, on Libby and wanted to have it on demand on my phone whenever I wanted, instead of having to put a hold on it and, and uh, try to get through the whole thing in two weeks. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's see. I did some true crime. This is actually a, a re-listen as well, but I'll be gone in the dark by Michelle McNamara about the uh so she um she's passed away, but she uh was also the wife of um uh what's his face who uh was on King of Queens. He he played the uh he was the little guy. What's his name? Doggone it. Anyway, he's an actor. Uh she was like a an internet sleuth, like that was her thing, like like a an internet like she she'd buy public records and figure things out she she'd done all, lots of sleuthy things over her uh over her her life and uh she was really invested in the search for the uh the golden state killer and uh it's actually her her work actually did result in in uh, them finding the guy first reopening the cold case finding the guy and he's now in prison uh but she unfortunately she wasn't alive to see him brought to justice but 
Um, the book is fantastic. Um, Maddie mentioned earlier about the social pressure surrounding Dracula. Uh, I did. I did read Dracula. I think, did we all finish it? Yeah, I think, I think we all yeah. finished it. Um, I read, I read that one on paper and uh, loved it. Um, I, it fell, it fell through for me a little bit halfway through. I kind of, uh, I lost steam for a little bit. Um, everybody was just talking nice to each other all the time and just got, it just got narratively boring. Like, um, Van Helsing, I know you love everyone and everyone is your friend, <laughs> you know, the positivity. I love it, but you know, it's time to get the stakes out. Okay. Um, and they did. explain later. Just they, be patient. I'll explain later. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, that's part of our later. problem is that we're so impatient. Like it's hard for us to read the 19th century yeah. literature because we're like, hurry up and get there. Well, and I could feel I could feel in myself. It was actually it was a great book, but I learned a lot about myself as well when I read it, um, because, you know, I sleep in a coffin full of dirt, too. And I thought I had come up with that idea, but uh, I guess you know there are no new ideas. Um, I've I guess I does and I wasn't the, uh, aware of does the uh what is it called the host burn you when you touch it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I'm a Baptist. Okay. Uh, and then the of course, I hate, I hate garlic. Those those flowers just drive me nuts. The real absence. <laughs> real absence <laughs> wow that's good maddie <laughs> um <laughs> i guess i realized when i was reading it that i i have consumed so much vampire related media over my life that it was really hard for me to um disassociate myself from that and read what basically is the the source material for the vampire uh entertainment phenomenon um, that that has dominated you know the the spooky side of of the world uh, for a long long time so um, it was it was very interesting it was interesting to learn uh, kind of about about myself and how enculturated I really am when it comes to certain things um, and uh, it makes me want to work harder to uh, to kind of put those things <laughs> aside when I'm reading a book especially a book about something that you know I've I've known known about for a long time and, and read it for what it is um, what's striking about dracula 2 is like you can come at it with a lot of presuppositions from what you've heard people say dracula is about mm -hmm. whether it's oh it's aids or homosexuality mm -hmm. or the sexual revolution yeah. or blah 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 or like where are you people getting this from mm -hmm. is clearly like the devil yeah, he he is saying yeah. Dracula is the devil. Yeah, and and that drove me nuts um, when I started because in the middle of reading it, I decided to turn on the like four part Dracula movie thing that's on Netflix, and basically that whole Freudian reading was all uh, the first episode of that of that series. Basically, was the subtext for the whole thing, except that they made Jonathan Harker a vampire or like turning into a vampire, which was like, Oh, all right. So we we're definitely taking major liberties here, but, uh, but yeah, that whole, that whole Freudian reading that seems to subsume the public conversation about Dracula was up front and center for sure. Uh, definitely. I don't recommend that, 
that uh, Dracula show in any way. There's much better vampire media out there. And uh, and then lastly, uh, I was on the Beowulf train as well. I actually, over the course of this year, really over the last couple months, I've I've uh, read Beowulf uh, three times uh, in three different in three different versions. Um, mentioning, I uh, know Nick, you mentioned a Canon Press uh, book earlier. I, I'll jump in on that too. Um, one of the versions of of Beowulf that I took in was an Audible version. Uh, it was an audio book. I think it's a fresh translation either done by Doug Wilson or by somebody else or, or with the help of someone else, uh, in a verse verse translation, um, that, that he does in a, in an audible format. And, uh, it was like three hours long, but it had like that whole like horse galloping Anglo-Saxon poetry thing to it. Uh, a great, great listen. Um, but then I also, um, I read, um, I reread the original book that I had in high school when I read Beowulf the first time, uh, the, uh, raffle, I think it was the guy's name, the raffle translation. That's uh, the one I read. That one's, I think it's a, what signet, signet classics or something like that. Is yeah. The, yeah. And so, and then, um, and then I read, uh, Tolkien's, uh, translation of it. Uh, I was disappointed that it wasn't a verse translation, but, um, I figured of all people he would he would work on it poetically, but um, still still very good. There's obviously other stuff in here as well, not just the poem, but um, I had a couple quotes uh, to uh, to share. Um, this is one I really liked. Uh, God was Lord then of all the race of men, even as he yet is. Wherefore is understanding in the heart that taketh thought in every time and place the best. Much must he endure of sweet and bitter who long time here in these days of trouble enjoyeth life in the world. Uh, with an exclamation mark. Uh, I really, uh, I thought that was a good, um, a good kind of encapsulation of, of uh, life in the world. And then uh... it sounds like something that could be in the Silmarillion. Like I, I know that obviously mm -hmm. the translation is, but it uh, even just the the ideas sound very mm -hmm. Tolkien like, which clearly he stole them from the author of Beowulf. Another hack, <laughs> <laughs> thieves. That that was kind of the thing I took away from it. Like I can see all of the the Middle Earth. Um, mm -hmm. The, the ripples in this that eventually wash up on shore in Middle Earth. Uh, I really could see that. That was very poetically. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see that happening here. So it, it felt less like reading Beowulf and felt like reading Tolkien reading Beowulf, if, if that makes sense, and, and then what Tolkien would go on to do. Um, yeah, super valuable. Um and then another one, I, I don't want to spoil too much about it. Uh, if anybody's going to go read it for the first time, um, but but uh, but Beowulf, um, he's now he's going after a, a, a hidden treasure. So, so Beowulf, um, even thus it was with Beowulf when he sought out the Barrow's guardian, his guile and malice. He knew not himself through what means his parting from the world should come about. To this end, had the mighty chieftains, those that there had laid it set a deep curse upon it until the day of doom. 
that that man should be for his crimes condemned, shut in the houses of devils, fast in the bound in the bonds of hell, tormented with clinging evil. Who should that place despoil? Alas, Beowulf, ere he went, had not more carefully considered the old possessor's will that cursed the gold. And yeah, I so I kind of saw in that you know that that <clears throat> deeply human desire to meddle with things that we shouldn't meddle with, and. Uh, so even though it's it's set here as sort of a a a, a cursed uh, uh, lost and buried treasure um, that he's he's going to go take uh, that he actually had no right to take, um, it's very much a a very human fatal flaw. And it's amazing to think in a work so old uh, can be so universal still. Um, just just a, a fantastic work of literature. Um, I, I intend to read Beowulf at least one more time. I have the Seamus Heaney translation that I've never actually read before. Uh, and that's that's going to be happening in 2023. For sure. That's the one I read in college. I, I really like seeing that that old English on the left and then and then our English on the right. Yeah. And, and it needs uh, to be a poem like that's kind of that's kind of one of my pet peeves is like, I really don't like reading prose translations of Beowulf. Like it, Thinking it back, I, I I read Beowulf in, in college, but we didn't read it in high school, but we hmm. did read Grendel, which is a, a more recent novel that has do that? supposed to take Grendel's point of view and he's nihilist and everything. We read way too much like modern responses to literature um i mean we read vonnegut in high school like that our high school wow. english classes were very weird wow. uh and and uh i i don't think that's a good thing uh, they're easier to read you know they're they're easier mm -hmm. to to style wise style wise yeah but it's uh they're not good uh no. i mean I, vonnegut's funny but what he his message is kind of the opposite of what literature was for you know thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. So um I'm 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 for Beowulf, even though I haven't read it in a long time. Yeah. I'll read Hayden Yeah, I, I, I became even more passionately team Beowulf uh, through the through the fall and, and beginning of, of winter. Um, what was funny is while I read I read a chunk of it with my husband around and he got all excited when he found out that the dragon's name was Grendel because he has a gun. I think it's a six five Grendel. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's named after the dragon in Beowulf. I was like, well, the more you know, I guess. Dude. It was pretty cool. That is awesome. I want to I want to name one of my pocket knives uh, uh, the. Uh, um, the forpal blade. From... <laughs> <laughs> the Jabberwocky? The... Yeah, from Jabberwocky, man. And the Frumious Bandersnatch. Somebody earlier today used the word Frabjus. Oh, to yeah, Frabjus Day, Kalu Calais. And and I was just thinking, like, that's that's from the Jabberwocky, isn't it? That's just one of those made-up words. Yeah, I love that, that a guy can just write a nonsense kind of poem and we all know no, what he's talking what he about. Means. There are enough real words in there. And then now those are real words. 
uh maybe that's maybe that's what we should start doing is just writing nonsense poetry that to influence the language going forward well and again like kind of the uh it, it reminds me that kind of stuff exactly reminds me of some of the so some of the made up words and names in tolkien's work like you can just tell some dudes are evil just by the way their name sounds you know so like a a, a word like frabjus that's pretty silly i think that's a happy word you know and it, it turns out it is um yeah so I, I i love that kind of stuff well uh now too i guess we'll shift to kind of the uh the final piece of, of our episode and i'm gonna turn it over to maddie to introduce a, a very ambitious project that that we are embarking on so we thought it would be excellent to uh, motivate our listeners to read more by um, coming up, or should I say, I think this is like the term people are using on like Instagram and now to curate a uh, a reading challenge for 2023. I like and curate. We just, I like yeah, that. that's like the hit word now. It. It's you can't just organize, order, come up with, create. No, we're curating um, a reading challenge, but it really came from just kind of us bantering about the types of reads that we really enjoyed doing this year or or maybe challenging others to do the same types of things that we were challenged to do or want to do ourselves and kind of encouraging people to branch out maybe out of their comfort zones, which for sure me this year was something that I did. I definitely read outside my comfort zone this year. Um, but I think what I'll do is, do you guys want me to just read, read through real quick and then we can kind of itemize it after that? Yeah. yeah. Or do you want to just go one by one? Go do the big overall picture and then we'll break it apart. Okay. So we've got 12 here. So theoretically you can do one a month if you wanted to break it down that way. Um, definitely want it to be, you know, approachable and accessible for anyone. That's yeah, doable. Yeah. So the first one, uh, first reading challenge would be a work of the Inklings. So, of course, Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. There's a bunch of them. I think Owen Barfield's another one. There's a couple other more popular ones, but there's a decent list of the Inklings that you can Google. Um, if you're following along with us, I'd say you could count the Silmarillion if you want to read along. That's a good one. Yeah. But if you want to be ambitious and read more, go for it. Never going to deter that. Uh, a uh, the second one would be a work from early church fathers, so the patristics, something early on pre, you know, I think it's around like four fifty one five hundred yeah. some some time frame. So early church, you know, first century, those first few centuries. Read something from there. A uh, theological work would be the next one from the seventeenth century. Then we have a work of poetry, then a biography. Number six would be medieval literature. Number seven would be 19th century literature. Number eight would be a detective novel. Number nine is a 21st century literature, so something post-2000. Thanks, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a lot to say about this when we no go No problem. <laughs> Yeah, something post Y2K, if you're old enough to remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> a 
a tag along or a footnote book. So reading something that was either mentioned in a book that you've read or actually from the footnotes or um, bibliography at the end of a book that you've read. Uh, number 11, a reread. So you get bonus points if it was from over 10 years ago. Oh, unless so good. That's unless good. you're really young and it's like Dr. Seuss, then maybe don't go <laughs> back 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm going to read the foot book. (laughs) (laughs) Left foot, right foot. Feet, feet, feet. Hungry, hungry caterpillar. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, a book that you bought this last year, so 2022, ideally, uh, that you didn't read. Unless you're, you know, like a heathen and didn't buy any books this year. But I know the majority of us have bought books this year that we did not read. Oh yeah, unfinished tales. Awesome. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's two does for this one. Does it knock out two categories? That would knock out two. I categories, mean, that would be cheating if you wanted to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. That would be like the the lazy man's version would be to try to knock out more categories in one book. Uh, we haven't even started yet, and I'm already getting called lazy. But we're Zach gracious. might not be a mom, but he is a dad, and so he does have a little less time than the average man. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a dad too. We're gonna compare. That's true. You're a dad. Yeah. <laughs> so number one. <laughs> number one, work of the inklings. Do y'all have any thoughts, suggestions? The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I, yeah, I read that's one. A, that's a good Charles... single book to read. <laughs> I read one Charles Williams book. Mm. And I'll say this. That one's more on the challenging end. Um, okay. I read, I forget the name of it, but it's the one where the platonic forms come and break into reality. Tell um, me more. So there's like a, the form of the lion breaks in and uh, is running around town. It's very weird and it's hmm. very difficult to read. Uh, but I think that would be on the very challenging end. I think the Chronicles of Narnia and like the Hobbit would be on the the easier end of that set. Or or uh, would Roger Lancelin Green count? Was he an inkling? I think he was maybe part of that. But he wrote those like retellings of is that the place of the myths. lion. Yeah, Place of the Lion. Ooh. Um, and he wrote retellings of, uh, Lancelin Green wrote retellings of like Greek myths or Norse myths. And I think that would be an easy one as well in terms of on that scale. So, yes. I don't see him. Well, I'm just going to definitely advocate for Silmarillion again. But. Yeah. Uh, if you're. If you're short on time, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do we count essays? Uh, Tolkien's essay on um, fairy on stories. Fairy stories. That'd be a great yeah. one. Yeah. Everybody, we count that for everybody but Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Your book has to be a minimum of five hundred pages long. <laughs> you only like doorstopper books, so that's what we're going to recommend for you. I'll read it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's he a few like different list. There's a few compilations of Tolkien's writings that contain on fairy stories. So, I don't know. Yeah. We're not hard pressed. 
Yeah, um, I think any of those are good recommendations for sure. Yeah. So then number two, a work from the Patristics, so early church fathers. I'm going to be reading Confessions this year. It's been on my shelf for like three years, and it's time to finally read it. Yeah, I have that somewhere. I have an audio version of that, I think, but I haven't mm. listened yet. Interesting. That might be too difficult to yeah. concentrate. I don't know. Um, There is a, a, a publisher that has what they call the Popular Patristics series. Um. <clears throat> trying to find the uh, publisher name, but if you search popular patristics on Amazon, there's lots of good ones on there. Um, so I'd, I would highly recommend uh, this is a small book. Um, uh, it, it could be some difficult language, but I think it's totally worth it uh, called on God and Christ. It's the five theological orations of uh, Gregory of Nazianzus, who's one mm. of kind of the Nicene big boys. Uh, I would really, I would highly recommend that um for for a patristic um obviously we're we're there's lots of um i don't know maybe not discernment that's necessary but uh we want to make sure that we're we're recommending you read something on the orthodox side of things and not unorthodox uh meaning uh things that are that are teaching historical christian christian doctrine so um, Gregory of Nazianzus is is fantastic uh he has another one which i think could be a fun double duty poems on scripture because uh, Gregory of Nazianzus was also a poet too. Um, mm. So if you're thinking about knocking out the, uh, the poetry category as well, uh, I would highly recommend that book too. Um, so there's uh, this, why can't I find the publisher name, but anyway, uh, searching popular patristics uh, on uh, um, there's also one, uh, called uh, on the unity of christ um which is also very good from the same from the same series so, i would like this year to read if i get around to it uh athanasius on the incarnation that yep. one gets alluded to a lot yeah going that's, earlier that's there one. some of those like late first century early second century things like the didache mm -hmm. um and that one in particular is very interesting uh, showing what the early church did. And some of it is uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but a lot of it is, is very good. And it does seem very Baptist to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Requires uh, a, fasting a lot of, there's been a lot baptism. of Baptist uh, discussion about practices of the early church and uh, and the Didache has come up on more than one occasion, showing that uh, things aren't so squarely pedo baptist as as people like to say. Another one I really like is uh, First Clement, which might be the only mm -hmm. true letter from Clement. Um, that's a good read because he is, I think, what is he writing to the Corinthians? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very Calvinistic towards the end of it. And very a lot of justification by faith alone. So we ain't just it making this up. Fifteen hundreds. It also kind of is like you guys got several letters from Paul, and <laughs> yeah. like, can can you please get your act together, Corinth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're all a little bit of Corinth in us, aren't we? 
more than we'd like to admit. Yeah. All right. Not me. So <laughs> I was also gonna I was gonna recommend Cur Deus Homo, but that's that's outside of the Patristics time period. So uh, yeah, that's medieval. That's that a, that's Anselm? a good medieval book. Is that Anselm? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then um for number three, we have a theological work from the 17th century. So of course, 1600s. That could be Puritans. Get you some Puritan paperbacks. Some yeah. John Owen. And John yeah. Owen. Go raid the uh um the banner of truth. Uh oh, there speaking of John Owen, I I've got a, a good one to recommend. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Back. Overcoming Sin and Temptation. I think this was a, mm -hmm. uh, a crossway. Um, they um, they slightly simplified the language, but it's um, this one volume contains um, the mortification of sin in believers, um, uh, of temptation, uh, the nature and power of it, and indwelling sin. Hmm. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, while I think we're I recommending, got, I, think I got this on Amazon. While we're recommending, uh, the Banner of Truth, the Puritan paperback series, is a great one. This one I'm I'm reading just very slowly, like a little bit at a time. But Thomas Brooks' Precious Remedies Against Satan's mm. Devices is mm. worth reading. Yep. Um, it's one um, of the thicker Puritan paperbacks, but it is a good one. Uh, the Bruised Read by Richard Sibbs. Uh, is also very good. Um, that's my husband one that really. I, I... Go for Go it. Oh, I interrupted you. Continue, please read. Oh, that that's one that if I had my druthers, I think I would reread the Bruce Reed every year as well. Um, it's a series of sermons. I love I love Sibs. Anything Sibs does is great. Uh, the old uh, the old sweet dropper, but um, highly recommend that one. Heart of Christ by Goodwin too. I think that's Goodwin. We Baptists. We, well, we, can, so... we can read Arminius. <laughs> How about not? I what about St. Pelagius, as some people <laughs> like to call him? <laughs> um, my husband read this year John Bunyan, uh, Grace Abounding. Mm. So he oh. recommended that. So I, I think that, that might be my read. That's an autobiography, year. right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Does that would does autobiography count in the biography category too, or does it no. need to be written by a person later? It needs to be written by another person. Fine. That's my opinion. We didn't say autobiography. <laughs> we just said biography. I mean, I'm I'm not the woman here, or I'm the woman. So you make the decisions. You're not. I'm the man. <laughs> I am. I'm not the Is one making me? decisions. I'm the woman. This is really brave of you. <laughs> I no longer, I no longer identify as a woman. And I, I actually, I prefer biographies over autobiographies anyway. Yeah, it's a little. I weird. like, I like the uh, somebody coming in from outside with some perspective. I think that's helpful. I did really like, in terms of Baptists, there's a compilation of of covenant theology for. Federal 1689 federalism and it's got Nehemiah Cox and, and John Owen. Owen. Yeah. And Owen wasn't a Baptist, 
but his covenantal views were more in line with even though he's still when there was a babies. lot he was a congregationalist and there was a lot of crossover between the the yeah. what we now call particular baptists and congregationalists at that time mm -hmm. so it does they just didn't it, reform enough they just yes. yeah they were just stuck it's okay Gotta keep on reforming who was it somebody actually wrote a book baptist the only thoroughgoing reformers I'm like whoo that's so good <laughs> sounds legit I like i like it <laughs> so then number four is a work of poetry and i'm gonna let for sure nick and lee go ahead go ahead nick what are your recommendations i am actually currently reading a work of poetry uh paradise lost by john milton mm. nice, nice, nice. and good. um and also alongside it i'm reading a work of the inklings uh the preface to paradise lost by c.s lewis <laughs> and um and actually that's a good pair I, I think well obviously it's written to be a pair to it mm -hmm. but um I, I think it's really interesting to read those two together he talks a lot about epic poetry beowulf is is an example if you get the verse kind mm -hmm. um <laughs> mm -hmm. and and uh i think it's Homer so important to read and virgil the, the, yeah so uh i i also as much as the romantics had so many terrible ideas i really do think they were good poets they were they were they were great poets and so that's another one where i i'd recommend something uh, i don't want to recommend like shelly um but <laughs> but he's a good I don't poet ozymandias is a good exactly poem. it's a great poem and and but he he was a horrible guy Just a horrible like, dude i have i i, I struggle trash. i guess he's dead and he's not going to get any money from it so <clears throat> yeah a lot a lot of his stuff Shelley. is in the public domain so you could go out yeah. there on on ibooks right now and download his entire oeuvre for free so yeah do that don't don't buy don't give him any money obviously yeah. you can't but he's he's dead i like uh, keats as well he kind of has that like yeah. teen emo energy uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, I love his sonnets. I think that the sonnets are interesting. Um, I actually, I I picked up my high school copy of a selection of John Donne, who's one of the metaphysical poets. Really, I remember that being so difficult in high school, and I read it now, and I'm like, oh, man, um, so simple. <laughs> they, they say metaphysical, but the, the language, the poetic language is so simple. Um, uh, so I, I highly recommend uh, John Donne. Um, trying to think of uh, uh, there's George uh, Herbert, uh, and, yeah. and reading the Temple, which might be my choice. Canon uh, Press uh, redid uh, the Temple. Um, they have a nice volume of it. Uh, it's on my bookshelf right now. That'll probably be what I do. Uh, I've also been wanting to re um, uh, reintroduce myself to Emily Dickinson too. Um, I love her poems. Uh, I think they're they're so tight and complex uh, thematically even though I think her language is also simple and easy to understand. Um, but she really does take you for a ride um, thematically and uh, subject matter wise. So uh, I, I recommend her. She obviously she's coming from a very dark place, but um, great, great poems, I think. And I have one more recommendation, which is kind of a weird one, but some of the old hymnals, like only hymns by um, uh, Newton and um, 
Is that o- his name right the now. Oni? The Oni? O-L-N-E-Y. Yeah. Um, what is his name? The what? guy who... No, he was he was a yeah, hymn writer who was he was always depressed. I think. Um, um, uh, Cooper, yeah. William Cooper. Cooper, William Cooper. So Cooper and and Newton wrote only hymns. It's it's the name of a town. O l n e y, not only. Mm. It's mm. only, uh, and it's um, I, I think that they go through like the Bible and write hymns mm-hmm. that are basically poems. They don't have music attached to them. They just have the words and they go through and write about scripture. They write these poems. Uh, and that, that would be an interesting one too, because hymns are poetry. You just sing them like you would with an old epic. So um, that could count. <laughs> uh, I found a, a website. CCEL has them. Um, so you could read them all online. You can read them straight off of Google. Yeah, I just, I just pulled it up on my phone. <laughs> like you can read Google Books. We we have such I think amazing grace riches. I think I think it is in there. One of those. So you'll get to that, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of this one." Or yeah. you live under a rock. Uh, amazing Grace is a uh, um listed under First Chronicles. Which is interesting. Clearly, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I could not think of a more First Chronicles song. Yeah. <laughs> when I think of First Chronicles, my first size, oh yeah, Amazing Grace, how Amazing sweet the Grace sound. Be, yeah, how sweet, man. How sweet First Chronicles. And judges. And judges, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hit up the poetry. If it rhymes, good. it's good. Even if it doesn't. Like Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah Paradise that Lost. kind of breaks my mind a little bit when poetry doesn't rhyme. I'm like, wait, it's always supposed to rhyme. Did that not. was always my problem. The rhymes would distract me. And I mm. feel I would feel like I couldn't understand the poem because I was too I was too caught up in the rhythm and the rhyme. Uh, so I would have to work hard to like read it against rhyme and meter. The rhythm yeah. is going to get you. Rhythm. One fish, two fish, red fish. Rhythm is gonna get I, I had to fish. read without rhythm to not attract uh, Shai Halud. That's a Dune reference. All right, so number five. Moving on. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, biography. A book about somebody dead or alive. Doesn't have to be an old dead person, but it can be. Another uh, another banner of truth recommendation. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it up here. I have Let's I have see. one on John Newton that I've been waiting to read. It keeps getting pushed back in my to be read pile, but it came highly recommended. I should have brought that out here for it. But I've heard great things. Also, the one if you haven't read the one Ann Judson that I read this year. That's another recommendation. So John Piper has done a series of biographies. If y'all mm-hmm. weren't aware of that, that there's some really good stuff in those. Um, I think they're fairly short, but that he has some really good. He's done C.S. Lewis. He did Edwards, who is one of his big, mm-hmm. probably his main influence in his ministry. Um. Yeah, there's there's some good ones there. If you have no other, 
Um, yeah, actually, that reminds me. If you have a, a Ligonier learning library, you likely have several biographies in there. Uh, one of them, uh, again, to go with my uh, Sibs recommendation before, uh, Mark Dever did a, a biography of Richard Sibs because Sibs is also really important to him, too. Um, that will be free if you have a learning library. Normally, if you buy like a, a Reformation study Bible or something, they give you access to a free learning library. Um, and so you're that that will just come uh, with actually quite a few other books too, um, in there, uh, in ebook format, of course. And then uh, if you go to Banner of Truth, um, Ian Murray has written so many excellent uh, biographies of of great Christians and uh, pastors and missionaries over the years. I A I N Murray, um, he wrote one. He he did a, was it two volumes about uh, John MacArthur who I think was hmm. the only living person that he wrote a biography about. Um, J.C. Ryle, Amy Carmichael, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think this is probably his most famous. Uh, that was a two-volume biography. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was another one, uh, another big one. He has one called The Forgotten Spurgeon that I've heard people talk about. Hmm. Um, so if any Spurgeon fans are looking for some more material, I think that's a one that a lot of people really like. It came out in Once 66. The book, then it's not forgotten anymore. Yeah. So now it's remembered Spurgeon. Re remembering the formerly <laughs> forgotten Spurgeon. Kind of, kind of ruins its own title. <laughs> I think something cool that you could do too with your biography is that you could, um, you know, if you're going to do a work of poetry or, you know, read some of the like a Puritan, you could do a biography on that author before yeah, or after. I mean, that's kind of up to you what order you do this in. Um, sometimes it helps contextualize if it's something that you're uncomfortable reading, reading the biography first and then reading the work. But mm -hmm. it's also kind of fun to, to be familiar with their work and then read about them. That's also kind of. A fun thing as well nice yeah good advice all right we good to move on to the next one let's go all right so uh number six medieval literature i think we yes. almost all unanimously recommend beowulf definitely but there's others curdeus homo. homo yeah yeah <laughs> yeah got it my boy anselm gotta rep uh, my boy I was kind of thinking, like, I have Chaucer, so I might read that. There are also some good Martin Luther <laughs> biographies uh, from medieval biographies. So mm -hmm. there's like Einhard writing about Charlemagne, I think. I might yeah. have these mixed up. Or um, Asser <laughs> writing about Alfred the Great. Uh Oh, and and those are really really interesting yeah. reading about what a contemporary says about one of these great medieval people mm -hmm. like um like alfred or, or charlemagne um i think those those are be interesting there's also some poetry like the song of roland or mm -hmm. Beowulf yeah. or, if you like uh, like comical violence the song <laughs> of roland if you want to read about people's getting sawed in half through their horses yeah, r-rated three stooges type stuff <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous 
but it's good it it is interesting it was fun it was yeah. fun dramatic but fun definitely would have been canceled so oh, for sure oppressor yeah. versus oppressy and um sir is it sir gowan is that how you say <gasps> it yeah there's yeah. A, a a tolkien translation of sir gowan uh, as well i want to pick that up uh they did a movie there was a movie of it that came out uh, it was an eight an a24 movie uh it was trash um but it it could definitely <laughs> uh for anybody who struggles with imagination though it it uh, the settings were gorgeous uh mm. like the mead hall and everything that they were in just absolute epitome of what you would um what what you would see described in, in other works of, of that of that time um the the setting the views were, were amazing but they, they butchered it they butchered the story as as the, the moderns do so anyway i'm trying to decide okay so i have a quote that i want to drop but i don't think it's time yet but um <laughs> then the next what i love about medieval literature though i guess is what i'm struggling over is that i loved reading what like like what Nick was saying, what contemporary people thought at the time. That's what's so cool about reading literature from the past, not just current literature about the past, but literature, whether nonfiction or fiction from that time period, because you really get mm -hmm. as much as we can being outside yeah. of their context. Um, so, yeah, I just that was part of what was so fun about reading Beowulf and the song of Roland and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. was just like, you really kind of put in their mindset a little bit, even their priorities was pretty cool. Um, that was like never... uh, re reading Samuel Peep's journal. I don't know if anybody's, I have, I haven't finished it, but you definitely like his journal was so important in like preserving uh, the, the events and the times uh, mm. of like the fire of London and, uh, mm. and all sorts of stuff that was happening at that moment. Uh, and also his uh, his toilet habits too. But, <laughs> but anyway, about that. <laughs> oh yeah, man he 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 wrote it all down. Yeah. Oh, well, historians thank him, I guess. Um. So number seven, nineteenth century literature. So that's. I mean, you have so many options to read really good books. Do, do we even have to make recommendations? <laughs> Crawl up. Don't read the chimes. Don't read the, <laughs> chimes. Don't read the chimes. Yeah, Trollop is is like I literally mm. never heard of him. Like you've heard of Dickens and Austin and a lot of that stuff, but I I had not heard of him before until you recommended. Now, of course, I see his name everywhere. Yeah, it's a big deal. But he's kind. Of, he is one of those ones that kind of flies under the radar because he doesn't. He's not like modernist like dickens yeah. you can kind of make it a little bit more you know how oh, we got to help the poor kind of thing he fits well with it trollop yeah. his novels are longer usually and uh and they're very much they're they're much more conservative i think in some mm. ways despite him being i think he was a liberal but they're a lot more conservative yeah i definitely would recommend jane Eyre by charlotte bronte highly recommend she's it's kind of like gothic it's it's not yeah. 
extreme gothic novel, but there's gothic elements in it. And um, it made it for a, it was a fun kind of creepy read, but not like super creepy that, you know, you can't finish it. There's some scenes in there that that are a little bit creepy, but um, yeah, I just really like Jane Eyre. I really hope that I don't talk it up too much and that people read it expecting it to be like the best book they've ever read and then hate it. But I bought a copy today and I have huge expectations. Oh, great. And (laughs) I hope it does live up to them. Yeah. Well, I, I went into it thinking I was going to hate it, so that's maybe why I loved it so much. But it, it really is probably one of my favorite books, standalone books out there. I was looking up Gaston LaRue's uh, Phantom of the Opera. Um, it was technically written in the 20th century, but it's about the 18th, about the 19th century. So hmm. it's it's out of the running, I suppose. But I read that in high school and I thought it was great. I loved it. I think everyone should read like Jane Austen as well if you haven't even if you're a man but I think yes. if you're gonna if you're gonna read like what you would think of because like Austen you think romance mm. but um Jane Eyre obviously not Jane is not a Jane Austen but if you're gonna read anything and you're like I don't know about all the romance you would probably like Jane Eyre more than you would like yeah. Jane Austen yeah and there and there are Austen books that aren't Pride and Prejudice that um, yeah. Number one, that you're not going to be more, you're not going to be so familiar with that it will hurt hurt your reading of the book, uh, but that also aren't aren't so blatantly romancy, too. Right. Um, like Lady Susan. Lady Susan. It's not that's a, romantic at all. No. Yeah, it's funny. She's, it's funny, and she's she's a terrible quite an evil person. Yeah. 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 She's terrible. Uh, I, I thought Sense and Sensibility really tread a great line uh of like even though obviously there there is romance in it but there is so much else to the story that um i think it 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 went broader than just what we would normally call a romance category too um so i i really enjoyed since i i may reread that uh for this category because uh, i really enjoyed uh it'll probably be emma though honestly because i haven't yeah. read emma yet but Emma's good somebody you should read austin because there's you know, enough of her distinctiveness in really all, I think all those novels, at least the ones that I've read, um, you know, you, you certainly get her vibe, uh, which is good. If that's Northanger Abbey is actually pretty, pretty good too. I started it on audio and I was struggling and then I went to actually reading it. And then I like instantly, the story just made more sense. And then I could finish it on audio if I needed to, um, but it's short and sweet. And is funny. I was laughing quite a bit in, in that book. It was pretty funny. I think it might be kind of one of those books where if you un if you've read enough Victorian and English literature, it's funnier because you kind of get the social jokes more mm-hmm. than maybe if it's your first read. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Might be different as a first timer. Zach, cool. do you have any recommendations? I recommend moving on. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are losing me here. He, he's kidding. wait. He's waiting. He's waiting till number nine. <laughs> he's waiting for Y two K. I'm gonna have Make to wade like slog through these reading challenges. Oh no! <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to read this. 
It's going to be good for you. Just kidding. You'll like yeah. this. Uh, the Whodunits detective novels. That'll be fun. Yeah. No, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sher- Sherlock Holmes yeah. is number one in my mind. No. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? No. No. Lord Peter Whimsy. Is pretty good. Oh. I love, I love Dorothy <clears throat> Sayers. And I, I think there are two characters in literature that seem real to me. And Peter Whimsy is one, and then Emma Woodhouse from from Emma's is the other one. So read those yeah. two. They seem like real people. They seem mm. like actual human beings. I don't know how or why, but they do to me. Sherlock Holmes is okay though. I do. We're, like we're not we're not <laughs> bound by any certain time period, right? Right. You can read any. Okay. Um. I mean, and if you have like kids. And you want to read with your kids, like the Hardy Boys. I mean, you can read if those your kids are, are younger. Yeah, Hardy Boys. Those are detective novels. Um, I've never Scooby read Doo. a Poirot novel. A what? I like Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie. Uh, yeah. I've read a few Poirot. I've read mm. a few Poirot books. Uh, some of her other ones, though, like Sad Cypress. Some of those that, that are just kind of on their own, those are some of the, her best as well. Mm. And then there's one that takes place in ancient Egypt. I think it's called Death Comes as the End or something. But it takes place in ancient Egypt. And it's Ooh. a good murder mystery. Mm. Yeah, she had a I husband read my, who's an archaeologist. I read my first Sayers recently. And I was pretty hooked with that. And I just downloaded um, a, the complete Sherlock Holmes to listen with my kids to get them into that. So, That's some good stuff. That, that might be a little rough on the kids for a little bit, <laughs> unless it's a modern like it's, language. It's new. Like I don't know if language. it's I don't know if it's on a bridge. They can handle it. I read Hounds of the Baskervilles in sixth grade, yeah. so. If I could have done it in sixth grade, they can do it. That's the spirit. I love Sherlock Holmes. It's like I like I have a hard time being objective about those stories. It's the way I am about Batman as well. I just love them just because it's Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I just I don't know. I'm actually <sighs> really excited to reread Hounds of the Baskervilles because it's been so long and because I was in sixth grade. Like I have the vaguest memory of reading it, let alone the mm-hmm. story. So. I, which I really of, like studying Scarlet too. Is which one's the one that has a bunch of Mormons that that are the like the main villains? It's one of the four novels, the um, Sherlock Holmes novels. Um, but that one's the one that's kind of stuck with me the most. I don't I don't remember what the name is, but um, it's. <laughs> It's interesting. I love reading when people that was studying write about Scarlet. America. That's what it was. Is it? Studying okay. Scarlet. Yeah. I, I had uh, forgotten the the fact that they were Mormons. Yeah. When they when they talk about America, when British people talk about America, I always find it quite interesting. Yeah. Sign of the four. All right. So Zach, you're up. Uh, the 21st century literature, or something <laughs> written post 2000. What should what should people uh-huh. read? Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Anything by Brandon Sanderson. No. Uh, seriously though, he's he's 
great. I'm a fanboy. Usually uh, recommend like Mistborn to start with. Yeah, so with guys like Sanderson, it's it's hard to recommend like one thing because you're normally recommending a, a series instead of just one standalone novel or something. Um but with him I would I would start with something like um uh Elantris. It's it's mm. really good. It can it can stand alone. Uh, it is connected to the larger world, but it it can stand alone as a novel, um, and it's it's really good. What it was is it twenty first century like anything fiction or nonfiction? What do we what did we decide on? <laughs> I say anything. literature, so I think that means fiction. Ah. Really. Because that's, I mean, that's kind of a gimme for so much of our reading is uh, like a lot of us read theology books written in the last one. I mean, if you're going to read an R.C. Sproul book or something, there you go. Yeah. So I'm going to have to read some fiction. I know. I know. It's kind. I think I will read Brandon Sanderson because I don't think I can stomach anybody else at this point. I'm not really sure. (laughs) I've not enjoyed anything (laughs) I've read that's newer. uh, Yeah. Except nonfiction. Well, okay, so. so the Green Ember series is really good, and that's and she wing, do feather. wing feather, yeah, yeah, wing, wing feather. So, yeah, I guess, but but that's the because they're of kind darkness. of they're they're kind of riding a little bit after the older tradition. They're not yeah. doing the whole modern YA. So. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, Aragon. Um, also it's a it's another series but um christopher paulini i think is his name i think that's right yeah um but that i thought that that was a good series um they did a terrible job on the movie just absolutely awful so i don't recommend the movie at all nobody does everybody hated it it's the worst i remember it like my favorite movie (laughs) (laughs) there's been some good like somebody pointed out that part of the reason why the classics are better is because there was still a lot of trash but then they're they're classics because they were good so we also have to weed through they filtered out trash yeah 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 like the chimes (laughs) (laughs) don't read the chimes That is something we didn't we didn't really talk about was our do not finish. I'm curious if anyone did not finish a book for any reason, but anyways, um, because I did not finish a book because it was so bad. So, anyways, uh, okay, number ten, a tag along footnote book. I'm reading a book on the Lord's Supper that was in the footnotes from the Eastern Orthodoxy book. That won't count because I'll have it done by New Year's, so I'll have to do another one. Just wait a few days. Yeah, well, I've already started it, and I can't (laughs) stop. It's about when you finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But to be honest, like, half my library grows because of, like, footnotes. Like, or... Or if it's referenced in a book, like, oh, I guess I need to, I guess I need to buy that, and I need to buy that. So, yeah, I, I think I think you'll that definitely won't be hard to do with with some of the books we mentioned in the earlier categories. Um, yeah, 
you know, though your uh, your medieval literature books. I mean, those mm-hmm. those things are loaded with footnotes. Um, yeah. Same same with uh, um, the patristics books are going to be that way. Um, and obviously the the inklings were very well read too. So um, you're you're going to get mm-hmm. you're you're definitely going to have plenty of footnotes to choose from. That won't be hard. Faux show. All right, and then uh, number eleven, a reread. I love this category. <laughs> yes. Chronicles I... of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because I thought like going into this, I was like, "Oh, I need to reread," but like I realized like five books actually no, because I read Chronicles of Narnia this year, so all of those are rereads plus Dracula plus Jane Eyre. I actually yeah. had quite a bit of rereads this last year. I think mine's going to be 1984. Uh, that's going to be mine as well. That's yeah. a good book. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I, I might read that do in my early 20s. An audio book of a book that I read as paper or the other mm. way around. Mm. I haven't yeah. really done much audio books because I didn't start until like earlier this year. And, and then do it so in I'm Braille. Really sure. But <laughs> yeah, then I'll do it in Braille. Uh, and then hopefully I, by then somebody will have done an interpretive dance version. <laughs> I thought about rereading and then Amazon. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a Hemingway <laughs> fan, and so I I actually considered reading uh, one of his short story collections called In Our Time that I really I read it in high school uh, actually a couple times. It's it's not very long, and I really really enjoyed it. Um, and I want to see if I I'd, I'd still enjoy it now. Yeah. That's a nihilistic dude. <laughs> Super modern. If I get to an author that I really like, I just read through everything. Like I did it with Evelyn Waugh. I really enjoyed his books. So I just blasted through all of them. I did it with Jane Austen. I, I, I've done it with a few authors. I just read all of the, everything that they have. I find all the collected short stories. So I might go back to like wall and, mm-hmm. and read one of those because I read them all in a year and I loved them so much. And I think, think about them a lot. And uh, I might go back and read one of those or listen. Maybe. The listening is a cool idea. Yeah. Well, and last but not least, a book that you bought this last year. So 2022 <laughs> that you didn't read. That's gonna be hard to choose from. And let them sit so on many. a shelf. Who does that? It's actually a pretty short list for me this year. So, <laughs> but I, I haven't ever really been one to buy a book and not read it. But I used to work for a bookstore, so I had a bunch of books that way, like that I probably haven't read. But so I do have books on the bookshelf that I haven't read, but one that I bought this year that didn't that I didn't read, that's a very short list. Mm. Uh, well, you like still got time one. to buy some books. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got yeah, two days. Yeah. Go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just this one book. So <laughs> e- easy the... pickings for me. <laughs> I think I buy um, like three books for every one book that I read. So yeah. I ha- that's I that's true lot. for me too. Yeah. The uh, the town that I live in has a lot of new construction and it has gotten me thinking a lot about architecture. And so just recently 
I was buying some from thrift books and you know how like you get to a certain, you have to fill a certain amount and then you get free shipping. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just worth it to add a second book. So I got John Ruskin's seven lamps of architecture. And that is what I'm planning to be. Wow. Read of, uh, of a, a book that I just bought. I need to think about architecture. It's important. Especially since we have so much bad architecture coming up around here. I so. I did a twofer um, while I was uh, I may I may go ambitious because these books are short. But I bought I bought two of of uh, Ryan Holiday's books. His his first breakout book was The Obstacle Is the Way, which is uh, kind of like uh, riffing on um, the meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And then he just released uh, a new book called uh, "Discipline Is Destiny." Uh, mm-hmm. Discipline is one of the uh, one of the things I have a lot of trouble with, and so I think uh, that could that could offer some interesting help. So those will probably be my twenty twenty two purchase. I'm, I think I'll, I'm going to try to do them both because they're because they're short. So and small. He the, his books come in this weird kind of squatty uh, format, not not like your normal book dimensions. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Mm. so twofer i'm tempted to read plato's republic but we'll see do it that's never tempted me once (laughs) not once (laughs) you know what i'm tempted to read plato's republic never happened (laughs) Uh, did you know brandon sanderson adopted plato's republic into the cosmere oh i'm reading it Sign me up. Got him. <laughs> it didn't make any got- sense to me, but I'm glad the of, of the effect. <laughs> we've, we've got full buy-in from Zach now. <laughs> Y'all are far more well-rounded than I am. <laughs> like, oh, is this going to take me 30 hours to read and I'm going to have to do learning? No. <laughs> do learning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Any uh any other any other final comments for the good of the order? I'm I'm really excited about this reading challenge because uh you know I I always start the year with with high hopes of like you know, building a reading list and uh, yeah. I never I never get through them. I may be lucky to get halfway through and so um I think this this is really helpful. This kind of thing is really helpful for me and I hope it's really helpful for uh, any listeners who are who are brave enough to take on the challenge too. So uh, I assume what we'll have some regular check-ins with how we're doing uh, as we continue discussing the Silmarillion this year. So maybe we uh, should make this a quarterly update kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Quarterly update. We can do that. We can do that for you, Zach. (laughs) How far have you progressed through your list? (laughs) I'll probably like blow through the list in like two months or I don't know. Go on a yeah, side sidetrack. I do. Like you said, I like it. it helps in decision making because that's what's mm-hmm. hard for me is I buy so many books and then I'm like, I don't know what I want to read. So, yeah, I'm always pushing are, a new one fun. to the front. Yes. And 12, yeah. you have a good goalpost of once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> thank you nick <laughs> plotting you know plotting um you, you you could you could get your math out and and divide your uh yeah. your page count sort uh, of like a bible th- reading plans kind of <laughs> kind of 
I guess we're bad Baptists because we didn't recommend that you read your Bible, but that's kind of like well, that's a given. It it goes without saying. (laughs) If you're not, then do it. the The more the more I uh, the more I go on as a Christian, the the less likely I am to recommend a Bible in a year plan. Because uh, mm. if you know if you've if you've read the Bible through a couple times, I think you need to drill down into particular books and really sp- camp out and spend some time. Um, but yeah. read them in different me. versions. And, yeah, I and, I do recommend at least one time doing a like a speed read of the Bible, mm-hmm. basically. Like there's like a, a forty couple, day like, plan. Yeah, there's like a ninety day or a thirty day. Um, that's a lot more intense you know because you need to set aside more time to read but it's more of a hey we're going to get a real broad overview of the whole story of the bible yeah instead of yeah it definitely helps to have an overview before you go too deep yeah yeah sense of the meta narrative one thing that i like to do this year is i started writing or copying scripture just so Mm -hmm. doing just like doing a whole book at a time um I really like that. It's it's helped me to remember like it helps you with following the thought process, kind of how it's written. You focus on words because you're having to write the words, so things that you th- you would miss maybe in a general reading through because you you think you're familiar. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it also helps you retain where certain passages <clears throat> are in the book because you've kind of like really trudged it through. I have, however, failed at memorizing scripture this year. So take that for what it's worth. One of my, yeah, 2022 goals fail. (laughs) (laughs) Memorize Romans 8. Fail. Turn it into a song. Sing Romans 8. (laughs) I I would that would be excellent. I think that would work really quickly. Yeah, put it in meter. Mm. I wish that there was a rap. musician. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's a really cool band out there, <laughs> and I'm not plugging my own. All right, plug it. I'm not well, plugging, plug the basement uh, tape. Listen, okay, the basement band. We did a two volume set of Psalm 119, the whole Psalm. A song for each section of the psalm. I recommend that, obviously. But as to the Romans thing, there's a group out there called um, Solos, P S A L L O S. They did Romans. Okay. Um, it's not like a verse for verse, but it, they hit all the themes of Romans, and there's it's saturated with scripture. Um, they've done. Hebrews and Jude. Nice. So those wow. are a little weirder. I like Romans the best mm. out of just as far as the music goes. But I, I recommend listening to that too. That's really cool. <clears throat> nice. We're on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link in the show notes. We'll we'll make sure we get people <laughs> listening to the basement tapes. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. You're welcome. These notes are going to be like a novel length. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a lot of links, not going to lie. Yeah. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, If only we had an Amazon affiliate link, man. That would be great. But we don't. I don't. Well, I may look into it. See if it's possible. We'll see. Good idea.
All right. Well, thank you all very much. This has been, uh, again, another wonderful episode, a little different than what we've been doing, but uh, it's really exciting to kick this off and uh, uh, excited to see where it goes. So uh, until next time, may, uh, may Monway keep you in the one and, uh, and peace out.